Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, my guest today is wrestling star Zelina Vega, who I am now obsessed with and can't wait to see perform. Zelina and I talk about her childhood, her love of anime, playing a WWE villain, meeting The Rock, meeting her husband, and a lot more. If you want to see Zelina in action, she will be at the Royal Rumble Premium Live event on Saturday, January 27th at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. You can also stream it live on Peacock. Today's first caller is Nina, who doesn't know what to do after her long-term boyfriend told her he wants an open relationship. Next, we talk with Molly, whose sister is in a relationship with a man no one in her family likes. Molly wonders how or if she should say anything. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have a question and would like to talk with us, we would love to hear from you. Just look for the link in our show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. I am so excited to be talking with you. I know very little about your world. And when I was doing my YouTube research, I am just blown away. And I cannot wait to find out more about WWE, your position in it. I'm super excited to be talking to you too, because my family and I absolutely love you. And my mom was super stoked when she heard that we were doing this. Oh, it's like, oh my God, tell her we watch Just Friends every Christmas. I was, oh, I love it. Thank you. The best gift of comedy, I think, is having other women love my work, you know, because they play such idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but the best, the best of kinds of, I love that. Thanks so much. Let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where did you spend your childhood? I was born in Queens, New York, and that's where I spent most of my time. How has it defined you? Especially because I'm smaller. I'm four foot 11-ish on a good day, but it kind of helps prepare you for the world, I feel. You kind of have to grow up fast when you live there. So definitely when it comes to, you know, a toughness or kind of like a street smart, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a thing that I feel like New Yorkers have where you're just very comfortable. If you can take on New York, then you can kind of take on anywhere. I do always feel like people who are born and raised in New York are surprised by very little and tend to not be, like, super enthusiastic. Yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that, especially because a couple of my friends, they're born in Australia, and we had a snowstorm that we were driving in Yakima, Washington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we got stuck on this mountain, and it was one of the scariest things ever because it was, like, during a blizzard, but it was just icy and just really, really bad. But coming from New York, I had driven in snow, sleep, any kind of weather condition, I have been used to it. So you weren't freaking out. Yeah, no, they were like losing their minds crying and I was the driver. I'm glad you were driving. (laughs) There's also a quality of like, even if your insides are like in turmoil, 
the ability to shift into a practical mindset. Yeah. Do you think it's applicable to getting into the ring? What is that feeling like? And for our listeners, would you describe sort of what you do? So I work for WWE. I'm one of the wrestlers and I am now on SmackDown. I was on Raw. They have two shows. Raw is on Monday on USA and then Friday Night SmackDown is on Fox. And yeah, I am the smallest of all the girls, but I'm also probably the craziest with the most fire. So it's cool for me because I get to, you know, as a bad guy, they look at me and they're like, oh my God, you know, she's like this little chihuahua. But in Zelena's mind, she's seven feet tall, you know, so it's really just putting that kind of a mindset and applying it. So it's taking who Thea is and dialing it up to 100, basically. Do you have siblings? I do. I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. One is two years younger than me and the other one is 10 years younger. Do you think that helped or hurt? Helped because although they were bigger than me, they still had to listen to what I said. Uh huh. There's that side of it. But at the same time, my other brother, who is two years younger than me, he almost took the role sometimes as the big brother when it came to protection. And like if I went somewhere, like he was always there with me. And I mean, we were always like our two best buddies for the longest time. Like you want to be heard, but you're the one that's always, I don't want to say taking for granted, but underestimated. Uh huh. And for me, I've always used that as, an advantage. Oh, yeah. That's why I keep bleaching my hair this color because people will be surprised if I use like a three-syllable word or something. How do you protect yourself from pain or from like bodily injury? And do you ever let like anger seep into your performance or do you have to protect against that? How does that emotional structure work when you're in the ring? So as far as physical harm, I had been training since I was 17. So it was really just learning how to protect yourself, learning how to fall from different heights, I guess, of the ring, different kinds of opponents. And just my trainer was my cousin. His name is Amazing Red. And he was basically so, so big on no matter where you are in the ring or what bump you're taking or whatever, you'll always be protected. So at least I can feel good with that. And yeah, just learning how to cover up and learning how to make sure you flap the mat a certain way. And we have like specific ways that we kind of exhale. He was very big on learning how to protect yourself because there's just so much that you can do depending on the other person. But then emotionally, it is difficult. If you're angry that day or if you're frustrated or sad or whatever, sometimes it can bleed into your performance. But I've always found that being a bad guy is so easy if you're feeling angry or sad or anything because you can just apply it and that's the reason why you're taking it out on the good guy. You know, so people can relate to that. I always try to find something that the crowd can relate to and kind of hone in on that so that they can feel what I'm feeling in that moment, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, so that they can like feel me, you know? I love what you just said about how like the audience can feel what you're feeling. If it is like jealousy or whatever sort of the play structure in the performance and the wrestling element is, That just like you said, you must have members of the audience that are like, fuck yeah, killer or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's kind of a testament to your charm, I think. That's a fun dynamic to play into. Have you ever been like crushed by an audience that hates you? Like, how does that feel? So not necessarily and only because the louder they boo you, the better of a job you're doing. (laughs) Well, as a bad guy anyway, like when I met Trish Stratus, who's one of the people that influenced me a lot when I decided to do this, 
when I met her, for some reason, the first thing, because I was so nervous, the first thing I said was like, oh, my God, I hated you growing up. And she's like, oh, thank you. But just that interaction, like to normal people, uh-huh. made absolutely no sense at all. But for us, it just made perfect sense. And it was just such a compliment to her because I was like, man, you're like, you really got me to hate you because I loved Lita so much. And you just found ways to make me hate you. And if I know, especially like for live events, so there's TVs that we do on Monday or Friday, but then Saturdays and Sundays are usually our live events. So we'll go to a town and we'll have just the event there that's not televised. And I will find the biggest fan of my opponent and just mess with them the whole time. No way. That is an awesome strategy. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like I wrestled this girl named Candace. And I just saw this one girl in the front that was just screaming at me because she loved Candace so much. And I was like, oh, there she is. (laughs) So once they identify themselves, it's like, oh. Oh, listen, like at the start of our conversation, you brought up Just Friends. And I have totally gotten that feedback before. Like, I hated you. And it is always with kind of mixed feelings, I guess, because I'm supposed to be an unlikable character. And it is from the perspective of distance. Like, they don't quite understand, of course, all the dynamic that, you know, goes on behind the scenes, which is like we're hanging out at the craft service table or whatever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. sure. Which is so interesting to me, too, because I've always looked at it from that perspective of like, man, I know that they're probably all friends and everything is all great backstage. But if you can suspend my display for just a second, just a moment for me to believe it enough to hate the person. For me, I've always loved the bad guys. Like when they asked me as a kid, like, who's your favorite from Lion King? And it was Scar. I was like, oh God, how could you say that? But at the same time, I was like, man, I hate that he died. Like, man, that sucks. Oh, but he killed him. Like, but you know. So yeah, or like Jafar was my favorite. And so for me, getting to play a bad guy is just it's cool because I get to basically come full circle and bring it back to someone else, you know? And I've had that happen a few times where like girls that come up to me and I feel like I'm looking at myself where they're like, oh, I love you and I want to be just like you. I'm like, oh, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me shift here just a tiny bit. Can you tell me about your husband and how long you've been married? We've been married since 2018. How did you guys meet? The wrestling. We were actually enemies on TV. (laughs) And what was going on behind the scenes? It was complicated because we still sometimes say, like, how does a girl from Queens and a guy from Amsterdam just meet and fall in love and have so much in common? But I think that's just the thing. I had nothing in common. I would say nothing in common, but not a lot in common with everyone else that I had interacted with or been with or whatever. But when we met, it was just like instant. And it was off of video games, actually, is how that started, that whole conversation. But I remember I had a different partner at the time. His name was Andrade, and I was like his manager. So I would come out with him. I'd help him win his matches and like just be that sneaky little asshole that people just hated so much. And we won NXT title, which is like the highest title that you can have in NXT. And our next opponent was Aleister Black. And I remember first when I saw him, I was like, whoa, he's really hot. But then I was like, okay, bring him back. Normal conversations. Thea, hi, I'm Thea. Nice to meet you. And then we started talking about video games. And I was like, wow, like we actually have a lot in common. It's pretty crazy. And then some time had passed and we were going into the storyline deeper. And my boss is like, okay, so you're going to have to slap him tonight. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, the tender part, Athea. Exactly. <laughs> Usually I'd be stoked for it, but I was like, I can't tell my boss, oh, I really like this guy. I don't really want to hit him, but okay, sure. Like, 
that's the part where I'm like, okay, I have to take real life out of this and turn Selena on and just be in that moment. And of course, it ended up being a segment where we were both in the ring and he's six one, I believe. So we're very different height-wise. And we were going back and forth. And basically to be like a little douche, I came out and was like, oh, the NXT champion is not here tonight. So I'm just going to handle you for him, you know, kind of thing. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, hang on. And he sits down cross-legged. And he goes, well, now that we're at the same level, <gasps> go ahead. See, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, nice. All right. He's bringing it to the table. Yeah. That kind of fun thing. Like when you can have the crowd also jumping in on those short jokes. You know what I mean? Like it just made for such a good segment. And then it just evolved from there. And did you guys have a big wedding? No. We had 13 people. Oh, great. Yeah. And it was at a botanical garden here in Orlando. We both wanted to just be around nature and have our best friends there with our family. And that was really it. We had um, his parents fly in from Amsterdam. My parents, my grandmother, my brother. I had like three friends there. He had two. And then we had the people that married us who are also dear friends of mine. So it was super small, but that's exactly how I would have wanted it. And do you guys have kids? No. Seven cats. Seven, yeah. Seven for now. Final one's eight. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. So, Selena, would you prefer to be called Thea? Thea is gorgeous. Selena is awesome. Like, what would you prefer? Either one is totally fine. Okay. It's more off of, like, I'm used to hearing Thea, but as of more recently, because I had a surgery in May. So from May to October, I was gone on recovery. So I hadn't heard Selena in a while. And now I'm, like, hearing it again. I'm like, okay. Does it feel good then? Uh, Okay, good. Here's Selena to me then. Are you okay? Were you injured in the ring? Yeah. So when we talked earlier about pain, you were like, I don't know, you learned how to land. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like it never happens off some really cool like move or some crazy flip I did outside the ring. It's always the littlest thing that will happen. And that's how you get injured. But knock on wood, I actually hadn't had any serious injuries until that point. And it wasn't even really that bad. It's this is silly. But one of my best friends and I were in a match and she had given me this move called a Northern Light Suplex, where basically she kind of flips me over her backwards and her shoulder went into my chest and I ruptured an implant. Uh, but me, of course, looking on the bright side, I was like, well, they are 10 years old anyway, and I kind of wanted them bigger anyway. So it ended up working out. I'm totally with you. <laughs> <laughs> Lately, I've been like, I should have gone a little bigger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why not? So I want to do deal breakers. So you have to imagine that you're single. All right. You're on your first date. They call you dude. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And I think it's just because I'm a super tomboy. So I feel like I'd be okay with that. All right, dude. <laughs> okay. They believe they were abducted by aliens when they were younger. No, not a deal breaker either. Yeah. I feel like I'm super open to stuff where it's like everybody has their own experiences and I'm never naive enough to say there's absolutely no aliens, whatever it is. Okay, but they talk about it the whole date. How they were in fourth grade, he was in bed, and there was a strange glow, and he felt something going up his butt. (laughs) And he liked it. No, I feel like, no, maybe not then. My only problem with that idea really is that are you sure you were the chosen one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, then there's that. Like, why you? Right. Okay, they tell you they borrowed a dog for their social media photo. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Like, to say that that's theirs? Uh-huh. No. Okay. You notice one of your Instagram posts is the wallpaper on their phone. Oh, that's crazy. 
<laughs> it is a little creepy. The first date too? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's creepy. Okay. They ask if they can hypnotize you. No, I'm afraid of what could come out. So no. <laughs> all right. All right. They talk trash about their ex. I mean, I'll probably join in. So I'm good with it. I kind of feel that way. Although it makes me think that they're thinking about their ex a lot. Yeah. Like they're still not over and they need like a sounding board. It's fine for a first date, then yeah, I could see that point for sure. Okay, I'm going to now ask you a series of life questions. <laughs> what was your first boss like? What was your first job? Oh, I worked in at the YMCA at the Kids Corner. Were you good at it? Yes and no. Uh, <laughs> I don't really like kids, if I'm being quiet. Uh-huh. Uh, especially if they're screaming. But I found ways to stop them from being crazy and jumping off of things or like getting hurt or whatever. And it was just to put on anime. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You're resourceful. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, what's going to shut them all up? So <laughs> that was it. What are you into right now? Do you have a favorite movie or television show that you're watching? I'm actually super, super into anime. I started watching Attack on Titan and that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Just again, I kind of dive back into feeling nostalgic. I love feeling nostalgic. So I'll go and watch like old episodes of Naruto or Pokemon or Inuyasha, like all those like older anime, Sailor Moon, stuff like that, just to like recapture my childhood a little bit. What do you think it is about anime? And do you draw at all? I don't. I suck at drawing. So a lot of times I've heard people say things like whatever it is that you like feeling nostalgic about, you remember how you were during that time frame as a kid. So for me, Pokemon would be that, right? So I was around 10 when I remember Pokemon. Like my life was great back then. Like my dad was around still. Everything was just great. Like I had great friends, my brother, everything was awesome. Like I thought the world was rainbows and puppies and nothing could go wrong. And then 9-11 happened. And I was like, oh, okay, shit. So after that, though, I feel like however I was right before that, it's like I'm almost trying to recapture that sometimes, like recapture that feeling or how things were back then. It's almost, I guess that's how trauma works, right? You try to go back to feeling how you were before the event. Did your dad pass? Yeah, in the World Trade Center, yeah. I am so sorry that I didn't know this. No, you're good. You're good. It's a big part of me, my story, and why I do what I do, especially wrestling, because that was like our thing. Like we bonded so much over that. I actually still have his wrestling trophies like on my counter because anytime I'm like, oh my God, this sucks or this storyline or this whatever it is, like travel or whatever, it's just getting too much. That's usually what I kind of go back to and remembering that. Is it too intimate to ask you about that day? No, I'm big on sharing it because of that. So what was happening on 9-10 for you? Like, what was the evening of 9-10 like? So I know that that was a Monday. I had seen him that weekend because it was like our weekend because my mom and dad were divorced. So I got to spend that weekend with him and we went to Wildwood, New Jersey. And we had the best vacation ever. Like, it was so much fun. Oh. My brother and I were like, yeah, we had the best time. It was like right on the beach. Oh, thank God, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so many people have the moment of the last interaction being something unimportant, you know? Right. Yeah. You had this really beautiful weekend with your dad. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? You went to school on Monday. I didn't actually. My brother did. I had a doctor's appointment that day. So I was like stoked that I didn't have to go to yeah. school. And then I just remember my mom being on the phone and kind of going a little crazy. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I kept hearing her say the name Michael, like over and over and getting like more and more upset. And I was like, 
Michael. And I kept thinking my uncle, because my uncle's name is Michael and my dad's too. But I was like, what's going on with my, I call him Michael, Michael. I was asking him like, what's going on, Michael, Michael? Like, what's going on? Like, what are you screaming for? And she said, it's not Michael, Michael, it's your dad. And when she said that, for some reason, I feel like that was the moment where my inner self just kind of like floated above me and everything else I had no control over. And you weren't aware yet of the... No, it was already happening and I had no idea. This is around 9.04 a.m. when this call happened. And did he work at the World Trade Center regularly? So my brother and I knew that he did. He had been there for three months. He worked for Counterfeit Sheryls. But my mom didn't know that he worked there because he kind of went back and forth with a bunch of different jobs. But this one was relatively new. But my brother and I would go there all the time. Like they had like a little auditorium there. My mom freaked out at the thought of this. But she used to work there also, but a long, long time ago. So who told her? Who called? My dad did. Oh, God. Yeah. Like from the building. Yeah. So which is weird because when everything was happening, she was so confused because she didn't know like anything of what was happening. She didn't know the building was on fire, nothing. So he just called her and said, I'm calling to say goodbye. And she's like, why? Are you going on vacation? Like, where are you going? And then he's like, do you not know what's going on right now? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, turn on the TV. So when she did, she was like, okay, but what does this have to do with you? Like, why are you? He's like, I'm here. I'm, I'm in the building. Like, I work here. And she was like, since fucking when? And then that just became like a whole thing. But like, he had no idea that I was there. It's like, he's trying to like calm her down. But she remembers like, okay, well, why don't you just take this stairway or do this or go to this place? And he's like, I can't. It's blocked off. Like, I can't do this. We can't move. Like, this is it. How high up was he? He was on the 103rd floor. Oh, so the plane had hit right under him. So he couldn't go down, but he couldn't go up because the smoke was there too. And he knew. But with him, I felt like... There was a calmness in his voice. He had accepted that this was his fate. Like, he just understood, like, this was it. What a gift to give to your mom, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, she didn't want to tell him that I was there because although I'm hearing all of this, that would have been the thing to say. Oh, God. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, I could have been like, hey, give me the phone or something. But I was completely frozen at that point. How did your mom handle the next few years how did you how did your brothers so the youngest one he was a baby baby he's 10 years younger than me I was 10 at the time so he was very young so he doesn't remember any of it my other brother he's the middle child so he's very sensitive he's very very close to my dad and we both were but he felt like my dad really was like the one who understood him and my brother was very misunderstood as a kid especially because he had all these anger issues and like didn't really know where to put that energy so like He took up MMA, which he ended up being amazing at. But it helped kind of channel that anger, especially after 9-11. But as far as how she handled it, like, again, he was so, I'm on a mission to tell her. And he said, this is happening. Tell the kids I love them. I've always loved you. I've never stopped loving you. And she said, I know, the kids told me. And then that became like a whole, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he spoke to my stepdad because my mom was remarried. And he spoke to him and he said, you know, be a father to my kids. Like, I know you're an amazing guy. And my stepdad has been incredible. Like, so we got very lucky with him too. But I mean, my mom, they call her the pit bull. She's always been that way. Like, she's such a protective mom. So when it came to making sure that we got his remains or got to do the 9-11 ceremonies and read the names and stuff like that, she always fought to make sure that we were there and we were present and people knew that we were his kids. That's amazing. I just, I truly, I can't imagine like seeing those images that we all saw that were just horrifying and wild. It's so inconceivable that at first we thought it was an accident, you know, like it felt unreal. 
And then to know that someone that you love very much is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thea, I'm really, really sorry, but I'm really blown away by the courage of your father. Yeah. To give that gift to your family in like an unpanicked way. And I'm impressed that your mom didn't say that you were at home because I'm sure that that would have been too much for you and too much for him. Completely. Yeah. I've always said that. I'm like, man, like there's a lot of times where I thought like maybe I should have, would that have changed any, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like things are supposed to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. And in that moment, it was just, you're supposed to go through this. This is just something that is part of your story, part of your life. And I had to accept that. It took a long time to accept that for sure. Did it make you angry when other people kind of claimed your grief, which was so personal, you know what I mean? Or dismissed it? I remember on 9-11, I was in Los Angeles, and I had slept in, and I turned on the news, the television. Of course, it's all over the place. I called my mom, and I said, like, Mom, what's going on? And she said, oh, honey, I just didn't want to wake you because I wanted you to have two more hours of peace. But I remember going to a cafe with my boyfriend and just feeling totally fucking jarred. And these people next to us at a table were kind of chuckling about something. And I felt like rage. Like, how the fuck could you be laughing right now? We don't know what is happening. And I wonder if you ever had those feelings of like, you don't know my 9-11 experience. The only times I've ever felt like that is obviously years and years that passed. A lot of people, especially on the anniversary, they'll always post like a picture, like always remember 9-11, blah, blah, blah. And it'll always be the picture of like it on fire or like the really scary pictures. And I'm like, why that one? You know, like I know to you, it must be just like something that you see in the history books or something. But like that's seeing your loved one die in front of you over and over and over again. You know, like they have it on the news all the time, especially around 9-11. Or sometimes you'll see it in movies randomly. And you won't even expect it and it'll hit you, you know? So like, and I imagine it's the same thing for every other tragedy that's happened in the world, you know, where there's always those families where for some people, it's just another thing that happened. They can just talk about without even feeling anything. But for some families, that's the worst day of their life being played over and over and over again. So it's stuff like that where I try to go, I appreciate the remember 9-11 and to keep that kind of memory alive of what happened and the severity of it. But just understand that when you do, there is somebody who is directly affected seeing that and it's ripping their heart open again and again. So that's really the only times that I've ever felt. And like I saw somebody one time do like a art where it was like some girl smoking a cigarette, but the cigarette was the Twin Towers. And they were just like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm like, is it though? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like the glamorization of the idea as opposed to like the real pain that you experienced because of the dramatic theater, essentially, of that event. Oh, Thea, I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate it. Again, uh, for as many times as I've told the story or as many people that I've told for the first time, it's always the same reaction. And for the person I'm telling, it's mind-blowing. But for me, it's telling the story again, but it's also now they know my dad's name. Now they know about him. Michael. Yeah. You know, and it's cool because I remember the first time like I met The Rock. Well, actually, the first, first time I met him, I was too nervous to say anything to him. So I was like, damn, I always wish I could say something to him. And then the next time I did, I was like, no, I'm going to talk to him today. Like today's the day. 
And first of all, he wasn't expecting any of that, like any of what I told him. So it was one of those situations where I was at WWE for an extra position. Like I was just an extra. And he had just did this big thing on stage and he was coming back and he's looking at me. It's like giant human looking at me and uh you know you introduced yourself so i was like hi i'm thea and he's like hi i'm Dwayne." and i'm like no shit i mean um yes yes you are that is your name yes but like completely just like saying dumb things at this point where i'm like stop thea just be normal just be fucking normal it's so hard for me too (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah and i'm like god when i'm nervous i say the weirdest thing so But by the time he walked away, I was like, oh, I need to tell him because my dad's a wrestler, like very much loved him. So I was like, no, I need to talk to him. I'm like, oh, you need to get this out. And he turned around and he looked at me and he was just like waving me over. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, you look like you have something important to tell me. No way. And I was like, actually, yeah. Again, when we had talked about this after the fact, he had no idea. He's like, I thought you were just going to tell me that my hair looked good. I was like, but you're bald. Like, <laughs> and he's like, and there's the joke. He's like, usually my jokes are like home runs, but that one just. But yeah, when I actually just broke down into it and told him everything, he was completely just like, whoa. And he just gave me the biggest hug that just felt like lasted a million years. But it was probably around like 10 seconds, but it was like the best 10 seconds ever because I walked away going, okay, see that? Like, he knows you now. Like, it's great, you know? Yeah. Just another thing where I'm like, that's important. And then what's even cooler is that Dwayne ended up going with his daughter to the 9-11, like, pools that they have. Yeah. And going and taking a picture by my dad saying, oh, my God. I know. I couldn't believe it. Oh, <laughs> I've had, like, two, two-second interactions with him, essentially. But he has been so lovely, and I love it. It speaks to your father like who he was drawn to, the kind of person that senses in you that you wanted to say something larger. Yeah, which was crazy. Like, had he not said that, I probably wouldn't have at that moment, you know, and became friends with him after, you know, because then from there, I was like, okay, I'll probably never see him or talk to him again, whatever. And then I got a message on my phone like two weeks later saying like, hey, what's up? And I was like, who's this? And he was like, it's the tall, bald, and handsome guy that laughed at his own joke. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, this is no way. Somebody's totally messing with me right now. And like, there's no way that that's who this is. And he was just like, just know that I had to message you because I looked into your dad after we talked and he's like, I was blown away. Like everything you said, you know, like you can be a wrestling fan, you guys go to MSG and like all these things. And It just meant so much to me that like I could be because I told him I was like, I have all these amazing memories of my dad and a lot of it based around you. So it's really crazy. And he was like, that just blew my mind. So he's like, I just want to say thank you for that. It's really cool. Thea, you are such a strong, amazing person. Thank you. It's true. I kind of feel like Selena, Queen Selena, is going to end up on whatever the good side is. It it feels less interesting (laughs) being a good guy. You know, it's funny that you say that. It would be the first time ever that I was a good guy in my career since I was 17. So that'd be an interesting change. I'll say that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Nina. Hi, Anna. Hi. Thank you so much for your letter. I'm here with Zelina, who is incredible. Will you tell us what's going on? Yes. So I am in a relationship that's approaching four years with a great guy that I met on a dating app. And we have lived together since August and it's been great. However, for the entirety of the relationship, I would say, There's been a looming issue, which is that he had been in an open relationship before, was maybe going to want to be in one again. And I, hearing that, my gut reaction was always no. But, you know, we had such a great relationship, so many good things together that we kind of just didn't think about it for a long time. And in about the last six months, he came to me and said, you know what, this is what I want, an open relationship. And it took a while for me to process and to really realize that it was happening. And I did come around and kind of compromise. We did kind of do open relationship with dating only, nothing physical. However, that is what he wants. Sure, sure. Of course. (laughs) So, yeah. And it's been that way for about a month and a half. And I am very caught in, I don't like this. I don't like where it's going. I don't like how I feel, but I love this person and this relationship. So definition of between rock and a hard place. I just feel confused all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's been four years and then you guys haven't been living together for all that long. Yeah. Did you sign your lease together? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So... In your letter, you also wrote that you did have a really nice date. Yes, I did. I had been on one date during the time of being open, and it was great. He was a great guy. The vibes were good, and I was very transparent. He knew that I was in an open relationship, and we actually talked about it a little, you know, him being confused and never hearing about that and not really knowing what that's like. And he kept saying how, you know, for him and his future monogamy all the way, he can't really see that. And so for me to meet somebody who is more aligned with me was just such a a mind bug. Yeah, shit. Zelina, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Uh, It sucks so bad, dude. It sucks so bad. It's painful. It hurts your feelings. Yeah. I think, too, it's interesting that it came after you guys signed the lease. But then also after four, well, I guess technically three and a half years of just everything Mm -hmm. being smooth sailing between you guys. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. now, you know, because it's almost like, oh, maybe we don't even have to go there. Mm. And it's not futurizing for you. It's like, where do we put our future? Yeah. 
Because it essentially means that you both could fall in love with somebody else. Right. And I don't like it that he had brought it up earlier as well. So now he has this defense of like, well, I always told you that I wanted that. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Man. It is very hard. I've thought about that plenty of times. Yes. I know that at least people like me, like I would not be at all down with an open relationship. I want to be prioritized. I want someone to love me as though they love me best of all. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we romanticize the relationship a bit too. And we seek comfort. Change is really hard. It's destabilizing. And you guys have moved in together. So I wonder if you really examined the last four years. Mm -hmm. If you are exceptional at accommodation. And maybe making a relationship work. But like, you can't anymore. Right. Until your hand is forced. Yeah. What's great about your boyfriend? I mean, from the moment we met, we always make each other laugh. We have so much fun. Truly just somebody that I really got along with and felt so comfortable with so fast. Which, in hindsight, I think could be why I kind of could shove this looming issue under for so long. Totally. Because the other 95%, even the hard stuff, felt comfortable because it wasn't this terrifying thing. And I think in the past couple of weeks, I've had a mind shift towards, you know, this isn't just part of our relationship. It is our relationship. You know, you're either monogamous or you're not. Right. And I think as much as it hurts, I have to think about and listen to my own reactions. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like maybe this isn't right for me. Maybe this isn't, you know, this isn't going to be successful if I'm going to feel like this for part of the time or the rest of the relationship. I don't really know because he hasn't given me a straight answer kind of in regard to, you know, does he only want this now? Is he going to want an open relationship in 15 years or only every five years? And that's just, Oh, the unknown is just terrifying. You shouldn't be so unknown either right now. Like, I feel like if you're planning your future, like you need to be able to know, is he going to be in it or not? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say that you're so beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. And you have the most gorgeous smile. Thank you. Did you guys talk about marriage or the future? Yes. I would say prior to these past couple months where the open relationship has really taken a hold. And even after, I mean, we had a conversation not too long ago. That honestly broke my heart a little because I don't think he quite knew where I was at. And he said to me something along the lines of, you know, once we figure this out or once we get through this, I'm ready and excited to think about engagement, next steps, all that. And my heart just sank because I had been feeling all this and didn't quite have the chance to tell him yet. So that sucked. Did it make you feel like he wasn't going to follow through with this? It sounds like he didn't even ask. He's like, I told you that I wanted an open relationship a long time ago, and now I really want it. Mm -hmm. So that means he has all of the cards. And like the dangling of commitment, was that the feeling of the heartbreak? A little bit of that, but also just, I think, realizing that we're coming at this from such different places, even though he knows how against it I've been my whole life. Just to hear how hopeful he still might be, you know, not even hopeful for us, but hopeful that I'll come around or like one day she'll be fine with it. She'll like the open relationship. 
And it's like, that's not how that works. Like, I still have to tell you how I feel. I still have to figure this out. And yeah, it felt kind of like you said, a little lopsided in terms of the power. I've been in open relationships without knowing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty painful, too. (laughs) Yes. Zelina, have you been in open relationships with or without knowing? Definitely without knowing. Yeah, for sure. And then I was like, oh, that's neat. But at the same time, it's like by the time I found out, I was glad because I just wanted nothing to do with that person anymore. And I just realized that I think I would have just been happier with somebody that I related to more or that I felt more at home with like I do now. Because like with my husband now, like he will almost I don't want to say care more about me and my feelings more than his own, but he makes it such a priority to where it's like okay, if you have a problem on something, like, we need to break it down and, like, mm. really go through this, you know, versus, oh, that's a problem. I'm sure you'll get over it. Yeah. Yeah. He's generous to you. He's a good caretaker for you. For sure. Which then also makes me go, kids, okay, he'll be great. at th-. You know what I mean? Like, it just shows different qualities of, like, what they'll be in the future, how they're handling me now in the beginning, mm-hmm. and how his family handles me and all that stuff. Do you ever feel like you could get past you know, over relationship thing. And then eventually he gets over it and you guys get married. Cause I know I would definitely do this. My brain would go back to, Oh, what's he doing? Yes. Do you think you could ever fully get over it? I mean, my gut has always been no. I mean, I consider this, I'm dipping my toe into what he's really looking for. And just that alone being so scary, like even having a good date, I was like, but at what cost? Like at what cost? Right. To my great partnership and great relationship. The benefits and the risks, I think we just view them so differently. And the more I'm in it, it's more than just these two stark differences we have. I'm feeling we have different values. We have different views of commitment and what that means to choose someone. So I think even that just looming for the end of time is just so much to handle. Too much. Too much. Can I ask you a couple practical questions? Yeah. What's your age difference? I am 25 and he is 28. What's the financial difference? He does make more, but with the exception of a couple big expenses, we're very equal, very, you got this, I got this. We're not going to go down to the dollar. That's silly. That's always been very easy with us and kind of we're always on the same page. Do you have two bedrooms in your apartment? Yes, we do. Okay. All right. That's a positive. (laughs) It is. And it's for a year lease? Yes. So still have about eight months left. Okay. Okay. Because my gut is this isn't right for you and it's rendering you powerless. Yeah. Are you close with his family? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Okay. And what about your family? And does anyone know about this? About the same. I can't speak to what his immediate family might know. For me, the only person that knows this specific detail is my younger brother. How does he feel? Not good. He's only 18, but he has always been wise beyond his years. And I mean, his gut reaction was, I always knew there was something about him. (laughs) And, you know, he knows me. He knows my heart. He knows how I love my family. And he just doesn't see that for me, no matter how great other things about him might be. Yeah. I feel like this is the beginning of a slow breakup. And I'm so sorry to say that, Nina. That's what I'm afraid of is the slow part. (laughs) Yeah, because my gut reaction is to tell you, to tell him, this is breaking something in me and I don't like it. So I'm going to move into the other bedroom. 
and we're still great friends. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see other people. You can see other people. We can still lean on each other. Yeah. Then what might happen is he'll fuck a few girls and they're not good for him. Then he'll get needy with you again Mm. and say, like, I changed my mind. Like, I really love you. I don't want to do this. Please move back into my bedroom. Yeah. You're my best friend. Blah, 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 blah. Then the question will be, will he repeat this pattern in like two years? My gut says yes. (laughs) Yeah, mine too. And then maybe you guys will try that out again because it's normal. We're all as strong as we can be. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you'll be like, bye. Yeah. But is it depressing to hear this? I mean, yes and no. Certain parts of my mind have been going there for like over a month. Yeah. So (laughs) the thought of the slow burn that I've already had turning into even slower of a burn is quite daunting. But I mean, I think my gut knows. I'm just sorry. And I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have told my parents. (laughs) I wouldn't have told my friends. Oh, I told many friends. Oh, good. And what do they think? I mean, most have the same opinion that I do for their own relationships. Like, oh, I could never. That's not how I work. Very supportive of me, letting me vent constantly. And I even do have one or two friends who maybe would consider that for their own life eventually, but know and recognize that for me, that that's just not how it is going to go for me, they don't think. To me, it also feels manipulative. Selena, does it feel manipulative to you that like early on he mentions it, he plants the seed? Mm. Yeah. And then like have her falls like even deeper in love with him, only to bring it back because he knows that she's probably not going to say no. And I think honestly, you've already made your decision. Yeah. (laughs) But it's hard to have the heart catch up. Yeah. Especially when you're living together. Yeah. Do you think that during most of your relationship, he had most of the power, I guess? Like when you guys fought, if you fought, what was it about? Not a ton of fighting, just little things about definitely living together. He is, I think, more stubborn in life than I am. But we kind of worked through that aspect of our communication pretty early on. And so I think I had a really good, I don't know, kind of, facade of, oh, we'll always be great at communicating. Like we've figured it out so much faster than everyone else, which might be true. However, he, in terms of this open relationship, big thing, which in his words, he's actually phrased as like this monster in our relationship or that I view it as this monster and kind of, you know, projecting that onto me and seeing me as like a smaller, more fragile much more emotional, which is true. I do definitely cry more than he does in life. Does he say to you, you're being really dramatic? He actually doesn't. He might be thinking it in his head and on his face. Okay, that's good. I've been told that a few times and that sure lights a fire under me. (laughs) I think, you know, even if he's thought it, he's kept it in. But I mean, almost in a different sense, like I said, kind of calling me more emotional and more fragile or like he feels like he has to, you know, walk on eggshells when it comes to wanting to bring something up or, you know, air and grievance or something, which at first I was like, that's not wrong. Like I am very emotional. So maybe he gets me, but just the laying it on every single time there's an issue has also gotten kind of exhausting and frustrating. I think that the most manipulative people don't really know that they're manipulative. Mm. Yeah, because there's a self-righteousness in being able to say, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's really not like I'm just going to go 
have sex with some women and it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Yeah. He said those words more or less. But it is to you. Yes, it absolutely is. I'm just taking in everything. And it's funny because as you're talking, I'm breaking it down. I'm like, so that's exactly how I would think. That's exactly how I feel. Because I think we're very similar. I think just all of us. And when it came to just hearing that, I feel like we all just kind of went, I know. But Nina, the main goal is for you to be happy. Yeah. And I suspect because you're such a lovely, smart person that wants a relationship. Like, I bet you're really good at a relationship. It sounds like you are. I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. And you want that. And it really sounds like your priorities are off. And he took charge. Mm. I think that if I were to give you super hardcore practical advice, it would be when he gets home and you say, honey, I'm really, really very uncomfortable with the idea of an open relationship. And it's been sitting with me for a long time. I don't like it. I don't want to be in one. I love you. I think you're fantastic, but I'm going to move into the other bedroom for now. And I want us to be really kind friends to each other and kind roommates. And I want to try that out for myself. Mm. You know what I mean? He'll come back at you and he'll say, you're being really emotional again. This is like the monster. This is like the thing. It's not that big of a deal. And he'll try to hamster wheel you. And you may not be ready for that. You may not be ready to move into the other bedroom. So I want you to take this at your own pace. Yeah. But it's worth a try. It's a safe, easy solution to kind of gauge your gut. Yeah. But I hope this is good food for thought, Nina. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I'd like to see your smile continue. Yes. Your smile starts and then it stops because yeah. this guy. Like, I want to just see your smile like, continue and just stay that way. And I feel like there's yeah. someone else that's going to keep your smile and not stop it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to have your back. And yeah, of course, you deserve to be loved exactly the way you want to be loved. Yeah. Nina, I feel for you and you're young and gorgeous and kind and smart. You've got everything. <laughs> thank you. I hope we helped. Yes. Thank you both. It was so good. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. I feel exactly what you articulated, which is that most people already know. Yeah. But I think they need support and confirmation and a stranger's ear. Yeah. It helps, though. That's the thing. Like, especially with my last relationship, too, like, I felt the same way where I'm like, I know what I have to do, but like, it just doesn't. Yeah. So I would talk to other people and I'm like, no, I have to do this. Like, everybody else sees what I see. I'm not crazy. Totally. I mean, we don't like change. We want comfort and security. And we want to, for the most part, believe the best in people and ignore those other little things. Absolutely. And it's always nice to hear from other people that they see it too, you know, because it's one thing to think something, but then that person is making you think like the opposite. So you have two conflicting ideas. Totally. Like, am I a dramatic actress? But I feel this. But does that mean it's a stupid feeling? It's like an unjust feeling. Right. Does it make it wrong? Am I wrong? Like, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to cultivate that date with that other dude. But I also think that there's probably first steps that she has to take before that element happens. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Molly! Hi! Hi, thank you so much for your letter. I'm here with Zelina, who is amazing. Hi. Will you tell us what's going on? Yes. So I wrote in because my older sister, she has been in like this long-term relationship with a guy for like over two years, probably like closer to the three-year mark now. And just like the whole time, I've kind of been having like a meh feeling about him. And like, we don't live in the same state. So like, it took a long time to get to meet him and just seeing him on Zoom calls, you know, like holiday calls or just if she visited me and him being on speakerphone, like... He just didn't seem like very genuine and almost like changing his tone while he's talking or if he knows he's on speakerphone, kind of. And then like she was visiting me and she told me that her roommate got engaged. They don't live together. And so she has a female roommate and she said she got engaged and she was happy for her. But she's like, I don't see myself with him there yet. And we've been going out like a similar amount of time. And I was like, okay, well, you can't really compare relationships, but if you're unhappy with that, you should start asking him those big questions like about marriage and kids. And she's like, well, I did ask him a little bit and he didn't have the answers. Like he didn't know. And I was like, okay, well, if he doesn't know, like you should maybe like say, we need to take a break until you figure that out because like, you know what you want. So after that, like time goes on and I finally meet him for the first time, but it didn't go very well either. Like he complained when he got there. It didn't really seem interactive. So I was kind of just like, okay, well, if you're going to be like this, meeting another family member of your girlfriend, like, that's fine. But after she asked me how she thought it went, and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, you've been going out so long now. I didn't feel like I could ask, like, the, you're dating my sister, like, for the first time questions, you know, you're already past that point. And then a little bit longer on, probably like three months later, she messages me and our other sister and she's like, I don't want to talk about it, but I broke up with him. And we were like kind of happy about it. Like, you know, sure. but we don't want to like say like, woohoo, you know, like so figured it out. But a week later, we were all home for a family party and she's like, we're going to try again. And he told me he wants to try harder. And I was like, well, that's pretty convenient. And he said that when you broke up with him and I think you should have given it more time. <sighs> Same old story. Yeah, now it's like a couple more months down the road and they're still like together and I just don't know how to feel about it or if I should say like my opinions anymore or like if I get to have an opinion anymore on her relationship or just kind of deal with it, like my feelings about him. One thing that popped into my head as you were talking was if you did say, okay, I'm just going to swallow it and just let it happen. Do you think that you could ever find yourself getting used to him? Or do you think like we just are two people that do not mix it all? Like there's no like redeeming qualities in your mind that's, oh, maybe I can see this kind of good in him or maybe relate on some level or you're just like, no. 
I mean, he seems like okay, like as a person. I just think she puts more effort into it than he does. And like, she's just a very nurturing and caring person. Like, I just think she deserves more. So like, I don't think he's a bad person. I just, yeah. He doesn't show her love in front of you guys well at all. Right? And you love your sister. Yeah. How much older is she than you? She's only a year older, and he's a couple years older than her, so mid-30s. Have you always been really close? Yeah, I would say so. Mm -hmm. And she lives in a different state with him. They don't live together, but yeah. What's his financial status? He has like a full-time job. It's not like super well-paid, but like her isn't either, but yeah. Okay. How did they meet? They met online on a dating platform. Okay. I think it's hard for an older sibling to take any advice from a younger sibling. Selena, what do you think about this? Because you're the older sibling. Yeah. Usually my brain goes to, you're supposed to listen to me. I'm the older one. Yeah. I know more. <laughs> you know, but there has been times where my brother very much had some valid points too. So it's hard because I'm reluctant to, you know, surrender that power, I guess, to my younger brother. But when he's right, he's right. So it comes down to that too. How frequently do you speak to your sister? I mean, probably like a phone call, maybe like a couple times a month. But like we like Snapchat or WhatsApp, you know, here and there too, like at least once a week or more than once a week. Because I wonder if you step that up. I wonder if you start calling her a little more <laughs> for like a 20 minute conversation two or three times a week calling as opposed to texting because she might be feeling really alone. And her boyfriend may be one of these guys. I don't know what his family situation is like, but maybe one of these guys who has this resentment towards family. Yeah. As though there's a control issue there. But we can't assume that without sort of knowing. Has he been like openly rude or resistant to like you or your family? Not that I've really witnessed. I don't think his first impression with our parents went very well. I wasn't there for it, but I haven't seen anything outright, I guess. And so your parents don't like him either? Not too much. Like our mom, like, you know, if you're okay with him, you know, it's not our job to like him too, or we're not in this relationship. We're here to support you. So they're kind of like on the fence too. Because I wonder if the simple steps of like just talking to her more without bringing in the relationship will make her feel less isolated. Is she living around your family? She's probably a seven-hour drive from our other family members. Currently, I'm overseas. So, like, she's closer to the family than I am right now. I've been in an isolated relationship, and I'm proud. So I didn't ever want to tell my family my own issues, knowing that they already didn't like the guy. Uh -huh. I never wanted to open up with them because I wasn't sure what our future was. You know, because they would come in with a fury, like start to unload, like, oh, my God, he's the worst. He's the worst. He's blah, 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 blah. And I didn't want to absorb that. So I wonder if just continuing to like be her friend for like a month, like calling her two or three times a week so you guys can talk. I know that it's hard with the time change especially the focus isn't on her relationship, <laughs> she'll realize that she has your love and friendship just in general. And so one day she might tell you, like, Chad, I always like to call them Chad, <laughs> Chad, that Chad did something that was really inconsiderate. And maybe it's small and she'll tell you about it, you know, and you can listen. And then she may continue to do more of that. 
opening up and learning to trust you. And then the feeling that she's probably having since they already broke up. How long did they break up for? It was like literally only a week. And I was like, I think you should have given it more time to think about it. But yeah, I'm so glad they don't live together. That's great. Yeah, I'm kind of a little anxious about it because her roommate is getting married this summer. So like they're going to have to get the wrong place. So I don't really know what's going to happen with that situation, if they will move in together or something like that. But, you know, that's in the future and I don't know. So it sounds like you guys have a really tight family. And I think that you might have to gently nudge yourself into her life more through the distance. And I don't think you can bring up Chad yet, okay. you know, <laughs> not until she initiates, I think, because then she'll feel safe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think if she brings up like negative things, should I ask about like, well, how often is this happening? Or like kind of the percentage, like, are you feeling worse more than you're feeling better? Or like not quite yet. What a wonderful question, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> and not that I know what I'm talking about, but I do feel like I have an opinion on this answer. I think you hold back for a minute. Don't offend him. Listen and say, oh, man, what? Or something like, oh, yeah. huh. Like, keep it kind of vague at first. Okay. Because then she'll feel safe. Yeah. She won't feel like she has to make a decision when she's talking to you. Okay. Her lovely little sister. Yeah. I'm sure she knows that the whole family wants her to break up. Yeah. I'm sure she knows that he's not a popular figure. But <laughs> wherever she is, she's isolated from you guys. And it's probably harder for her to change the situation than to not right now. Yeah. What do you think, Selena? It's funny because like I've been in a similar scenario, but I was the sister. So I knew what I had to do, but I wasn't ready to make that decision because I didn't want to be alone yet. And I didn't know how to handle that side of it either. But I felt like anytime I would talk to my family, it would come up and be like, oh, God, I don't want to have a conversation with them anymore then. You know, or... I feel like I couldn't go anywhere with my thoughts because it was like, you have to make this decision, you have to do this. And then I was getting it from him where it was just too much. So it just felt like a lot of different voices and I had no place to express my own voice. So if you can kind of be her sounding board, that definitely make things easier, I think. When they broke up, did she break up with him? Yeah, she initiated it. Like she has been like working on herself a lot and she like did a of a self-isolating retreat to really just think about like her work and everything. And I guess that was part of it too. And then when she got back from it, she wanted to break up with him. And then he told her like, well, I actually missed you and wanted to try harder, you know, like so. Is she in a position where she can come visit you again soon? Probably not. Like with her time off schedule, she's going to be in her friend's wedding. So she needs time off for that. I really think that you have to start calling her almost every other day. Okay. Yeah, one safe place that she can count on for sure. Yeah, even if she doesn't answer, the fact that she sees that you are missing her and that you love her, that you're really attentive to her, <laughs> I think that's kind of all you can do right now. And then later on when she asks you for support or advice with him because she trusts you so much now, she feels really close to you, then you can give that to her. You can say, I just want to make sure that you're loved exactly how you want to be loved. Yeah. And then to vent, you can talk with your other sister and be like, yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. Molly, she's so lucky to have such a loving sister. Thank you. I can't thank you enough. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so thank much. You Bye. Okay, will you tell me about nails? 
Oh, so I use a lot of press on. I never go to the nail salon anymore because I just, I can't sit there the whole time. I'm totally with you. I use these Glamnetic nails and they're really great. They last a while and they're small. I mean, I would say they have longer ones too, but small enough that you still look put together in the ring, but then they don't last enough to where you don't come home and I can clean my cat's eyes. These. So there's that. But I got my recent tattoo. I was getting a character. His name is Rengoku. I'm in love with him. He's a demon slayer. He's amazing. The voice actor is super amazing too. So he was with me while I was getting oh, done. Awesome. Yeah. And I had my nails. This one girl, her name is Kelsey, and she drew on the nails. Like, first of all, she made them color changing, glow in the dark, totally bedazzled, had no idea until after I put them on. But they were the character on the nails. So it's just really, really cool. She's crazy talented. So yeah, as far as nails go, I'm super big on them. But that's why I thought it was so funny because yesterday I just talked to her because I was like, dude, I'm going to this one career and I need this character's nails. Like, how do we do this? You know, so it's just funny that you asked that. Well, I also wonder about the ring. Like, do you, you stab each other? Not really, surprisingly. Not really, especially because we all get those almond ones. The ones, I mean, usually they're not pointy, so they're not bad. But usually there are press-ons, so it'll come right off. Yes, I've had the referee come to me horrified with nails in his hands going, Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is my favorite because they have no idea, but they're always just like, I brought them back. So I don't know if you need them or not. Thank you so much for everything, for all your generosity today and your kindness and your inspiration. Thank you. And I want to meet all your cats. And I love it that your husband wants to get another one. Is there any like, I want this one and we don't have a munchkin yet. So maybe we should get one of those. I don't know. I was like, well, why don't we just have like a cat sanctuary? Because I do want a farm. Like I've wanted that forever. We just had it yesterday. Like I want cows and I want those little goats that do backflips over each other. Oh my God. The cutest thing. The pygmy goats. Yeah. Selena, tell us your dates. When can we see you? Where? The Royal Rumble will be at the Alamo Dome. Alamo Dome. <laughs> Queen Selena, San Antonio, Texas. When? It is on January 28th. It's the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, January 28th. I would love it so much. I've always wanted to like be a part of that world and understand it because of course there's so much acting in it. Yeah, for sure. I think you need like the full experience though, as far as like being backstage with us and seeing how everything kind of starts to then the presentation of it. It's one thing to be there and to just see the show, but if you see everything, especially you, you know, as an actress to see the behind the scenes or to see the actual show. I'm getting chills ready to leap through the Zoom and hug you. I can't thank you enough. You are just a gem. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Sorry, you. I'm so glad we got to do this. Mm-hmm.